1: You know
0: you're trying to go talk to the team. Oh, this is gonna be good.
1: I'm Michelle Majuk and I'm Kate Majuk, and we're married to each other. And this is the Ball Blast NFL Podcast. Each episode, we will feature the latest top news in the NFL and what it means for fantasy football, sports betting, and you, the NFL fan. Hey, hey, everybody! We're in the second week of free agency. You know what we have not figured out what we said at the end of last episode?
0: Where is Aaron Rodgers going? It's like, where's Waldo? Except if where's Waldo was in hell.
1: Yeah, I mean, we know he's going to the Jets. It's just <laughs> a waiting game. Like, just figure it out, guys. It's like, it's
0: it's becoming obnoxious at this point. I saw a tweet today that was like, how annoyed are you at the Lamar Jackson scenario? It's like, there are people annoyed with the Lamar Jackson situation because all of my
1: annoyance is dedicated to
0: Aaron Rodgers per usual. Like, it's always. Yeah, like, we
1: know Lamar's situation will probably take a long time to figure itself out. I'm not expecting that to go fast. Yeah. When I said last week when we were ending the show, when I said if we don't know Aaron Rodgers news yet, like, we don't know definitely that he is a Jet, I said we're going to have to take a shot, which we don't have shots, but I do think we have to take a big uh, gulp of our drink here. Because come on, Jets and Packers, figure it out. Figure
0: it out, guys. The significant holdup here seems to be compensation, which last week I'm pretty sure we thought they all had figured out. So nobody knows anything. Um, The world is just just waiting. And Aaron Rodgers, I mean he came out on the Pat McAfee show, he said he intends to play football and he intends to play football for the New York Jets. So basically tapped the Packers on the shoulders and said hey, are y- y'all going to figure this thing out? or?
1: Basically, Garrett Wilson's going to be amazing next year. That's, that's what I've decided. Yeah, I, that's what it is. We didn't have a ton of news since our last show, but we had a lot of small signing, especially around the running backs, that will impact fantasy football for this upcoming season. Oh,
0: running back is going to be a mess. It really is. We still have running backs that are, like, on the market that I think could put a dent into, you know, like, people's playing times and you know what? There's just not
1: enough spots to go around. That's the issue. And this is a good running back draft class as well. So there's going to be a lot of good running backs that should get more playing time, but they don't. And it's going to, there's going to be so many crowded Mm. backfields, which is not a great thing for fantasy, but let's getting get into these signings from this past week here. We have Miles Sanders. He signs with the Panthers and then Deonta Foreman, who was with the Panthers signed with the bears We had Damian Harris to the Bills, and then Devin Singletary to the Texans, Jamal Williams to the Saints, and then right at, you know, as we were recording last week, we got the news about David Montgomery to the Lions. A lot of moves here nobody stayed, none of these guys stayed with their same team. Their team was like, okay, you can leave. We're not going to pay you a second contract.
0: These backs ain't loyal.
1: Yeah. <laughs> or, or these teams ain't loyal. Don't blame it on the player. Yeah,
0: These teams. Yeah. I'm blaming it on the teams. Sorry. Which of
1: these signings for these particular players, not about, you know, the players they left behind or the players are joining, but which one of these players signings interest you the most?
0: Okay. So I have two answers here. Um, One of them, I'm just going to do like the money grab here, Jamal Williams, probably going to be one of the most interesting players to watch in dynasty fantasy football leagues this year. You don't know what's going on with Alvin Kamara. Is he going to play in 2022 or what year is it? 2023. We, we genuinely don't know. Like there's been, you know, obviously a lot of questions about his legal situation. If they don't get that resolved, does Roger Goodell, put him on the commissioner's exempt list. Like we don't know the future here. And what we do know is that if Jamal Williams comes into this team, we know like Derek Carr, he's, he's a good game manager. I think they have plenty of weapons there in that offense and Jamal Williams could be in line for a lot of fantasy points, a lot of touches, and he's probably going to be once again, the unsung hero of fantasy leagues, but Long-term, it's got to be Miles Sanders, right?
1: Yeah, I'm much more interested in the Miles Sanders signing. Yes, Jamal Williams will be a viable fantasy option next year because I do believe he could get a chunk of those carries with the Saints because we don't know what's happening with Alvin Kamara. But at the same time, with Jamal Williams, everything depends on touchdowns. And Alvin Kamara has six rushing touchdowns over the last two years. Over the last two years, six rushing touchdowns. That doesn't mean, you know, Jamal Williams can't you see a higher share of touches near the goal line or but maybe prior, Derek Carr somehow fixes this offense. But Derek Carr and Andy Dalton so far in their careers have had nearly identical careers. So I don't expect Derek Carr to do all that different.
0: But here's the thing. So Jamal Williams previously prior to his signing with the Lions was with the Packers. And in that time period he was actually like kind of known as a, a capable pass catcher. That role kind of was totally eliminated with the lions probably
1: because swift was was, there and that's like the only thing he can do that's
0: the that's his thing right (laughs) so you got to give jamal williams another thing it turns out he's also good in short yardage goal line situations uh it it seems he's good at scoring touchdowns so like which jamal williams are we gonna get with the saints is it the guy we saw with the packers or is it the guy we saw with the lions and Either way, I think you're getting a pretty good running back who could be in line for like, I don't know. Right now, I have him projected for like 250 touches.
1: Oh my god! Well, that's crazy. You're crazy. It it's purely based on Alvin Kamara getting suspended for the whole year and then them not drafting a running back. I I think you're. Uh, I think that's a wild assumption, but possibly I will moving on to Miles Sanders. This is my most, ex- like if I had to pick one that I was most excited about that maybe got the biggest bump, you know, Miles Sanders with the Eagles, he had a split a lot of the time with other backs in the backfield. And then plus Jalen hurts stole so many carries and then so many goal line touches. When he goes to the Panthers, there's no more Deonta Foreman. I mean, last year, it, it didn't matter if it was CMC, Deonta Foreman, uh, Chuba Hubbard. Chuba? Yeah, Chuba, Chuba. Hubbard. Chuba Hubbard. It, like, they just kind of did their thing and they did it well. So, Miles Sanders has always been super efficient. He has a high yards per carry in his career. Is that because he played behind an amazing line for most of his career? Maybe. But I, I do think he's explosive. He's going to break off big plays. And He gets the chance in this offense, most likely to be a bell cow for once, especially with a rookie quarterback. They're going to lean on the run game a little bit more. So Miles Sanders to me could be, you know, that late third round, fourth round fantasy running back in 2023 fantasy leagues.
0: In full PPR formats, Miles Sanders will be on every single one of my rosters. Unless you're a jerk and draft him ahead of me because i do like there's a there's a legitimate chance that Miles Sanders actually leads this team in receptions
1: like he's not even like a really good receiver he's back not even a really he's good,
0: actually really bad at it he's been super inefficient but do you not agree that the opportunity is there and in full PPR formats i the efficiency doesn't matter i've heard it from my father-in-law enough <laughs> like that is the big gripe with yeah. full PPR leagues Well, guess what? Miles Sanders, this could be your year to have, like, 70 catches for, like, 70 yards. Like, this could be (laughs) your moment. And boom, all of a sudden, he's an RB, too. But I think he's probably going to have a pretty safe floor just in general.
1: I like the signing for him. I I, I do a lot. For the Panthers, they probably could have found someone cheap. Like, whatever. It is what it is. But uh, I like the signing for him. When it comes to two of your favorite running backs that you know you're really high on and you're excited for them to get that workhorse role, hopefully next year, but there are some signings that might mess with that. Your two boys, Damian Pierce, Houston Texan a running back, he was a rookie last year, going into the second year, and Khalil Herbert, he's finally away from David Montgomery. He went to the Lions. You're thinking he walks into the starting gig, but the Bears signed Deonta Foreman. And then the Texans signed Devin Singletary. Either of those signings scare you away from being high on these guys this season.
0: No. And I really hope just in general that like I went out, I tried to trade for Damian Pierce and Khalil Herbert in my dynasty leagues. Unfortunately, I already rostered both of them (laughs) in almost all of my leagues. So that was an unsuccessful venture, but like, I, I think probably of the two, I'm less concerned for uh Khalil Herbert. I think Damian Pierce and Devin Singletary are a very interesting. That one scares kind me a of little match. bit. Like, cause Devin is a really good running back. But the thing is, like, they're both so different. Like Pierce, he's got the bigger frame, 5'9", 220. He not a super great blocker, didn't have a ton of uh opportunities there as a rookie, but in the opportunities he got wasn't super efficient. Um allowed two sacks in his rookie season. Singletary, much smaller guy, five, seven, 200 pounds, but he's a better pass blocker. So like is there a chance that Singletary comes in and plays was, some of these third down roles? Like I but, don't know.
1: Singletary for a while there was a pretty bad pass blocker. Maybe he got a little bit better this he last had season. his best
0: season yeah. as a pass blocker in twenty twenty two.
1: But also he has like He's pass blocking for Josh Allen, who can evade anything. And we'll see who these running backs are pass blocking for in Houston. But also Singletary is one of the worst, like actually the worst pass catcher running back, possibly, that started in the league over the last few years. So hopefully he doesn't earn third down snaps, but we didn't see a ton of that from Damian Pierce this last year. Uh, I, I am way more worried about Pierce in the situation, just because the coaches who loved him last year are now gone. They have new coaches. Will they love Damian Pierce as much, give him as much work.
0: I do think he compliments like D'Amico Ryan, the establishing the run, you know, playing solid defense and just kind of, you know, running the clock out. Like I feel like his playing style, his, you know, yards after contact ability, like, I think he's he's perfect in terms of a scheme fit. I also think Singletary's like a really good change of pace back. Less worried about Khalil Herbert, though, because the question was, okay, so the Bears are at number nine. That's going to put them in the – or nine? Eight. Yeah, nine.
1: Eight?
0: Yeah, Nine. Um, that's going to put them in prime position to go and draft Bijan Robinson.
1: They'd be so stupid. They'd be so so stupid. I love
0: Bijan, but like you have so many needs, you don't want to draft a running back. But that was some of the commentary you were hearing. And I I was like, okay, I don't think that's like a smart move. So I'm going to bank on that not happening, but we see teams make stupid decisions all the time. Like all the time they reach and they do things that are bad for their, their team. So that wasn't a given, but I do feel like the signing of Deontay Foreman is a good enough signing that it like, let's
1: consider it a bridge year. Like, I don't
0: think they're going to, invest heavy capital.
1: Oh no, I think this is it for them. You have Khalil Herbert, you have Deonta Foreman. Obviously there's going to be other bodies at running back, but I don't think there's another slash play. Maybe they draft a running back late in the draft, but not one of their first, you know, three three round picks or anything like that. So yeah. I I think Foreman here, he he's a good ad for the Bears. He's he's, a great ad. He's definitely going to take some snaps away, but it's really hard to find any running back that's going to see 80 plus percent of snaps in today's NFL is just uh, very unlikely in today's landscape. So we know Khalil Herbert's not going to get almost all the snaps. So he has to share with Foreman. But Khalil Herbert, I think, is a more talented. Player And I think he should be the lead guy by far. And I would, if I had to choose between these two as of March, I mean, a lot of things could change by September. You mean Damian Pierce or Khalil Herbert? Yeah, Damian Pierce or Khalil Herbert. I I feel a little bit better taking Khalil Herbert. I think Pierce has the higher ceiling, but Khalil Herbert seems like a safer RB2 for the upcoming year than Pierce does. Yeah,
0: I, I just think this, that move for Deontay Foreman, it just felt like a a signal to everybody that was speculating that maybe this is Bijan time, that it's not Bichon time. Sure. It'd be fun to watch, but no, it's going to be That'd really be such a- bad decision-making speaking of bad decision making though. <laughs> there is one former friend or one franchise that made a really bad decision drafting a running back way too high. And that running back is now gone.
1: Well, they didn't make a mistake drafting him too high. Uh, that was, I mean, they drafted Ezekiel Elliott. Like, he was absolutely amazing for many. He years. was absolutely amazing. Yeah. But okay, did he? They, if the Cowboys went back in time, they would still draft Ezekiel Elliott. Right they wouldn't when they give did. him the second contract. Though. Yes, the second contract was the mistake, and how big they made it, and how long they made it, and you know, it, it just it lasted for too long, where you couldn't even do anything about it because he had so much guaranteed money and just dead cap. Sam that was the mistake. They go back, and they're still going to draft Zeke. That was not the mistake. It was the second contract. I. Uh,
0: I think Sam Monson of the, the PFF NFL podcast said it perfectly. It felt like, okay, so the, you know, the Cowboys, they did what they did. Michelle, you think that even if they could have changed it, they wouldn't. But like, I still think that generally speaking, the NFL would be in agreement that there's just not a great reason to draft a running back in the top five of the NFL draft. Like there's just not a good reason, but at the way that he phrased it i think he said um okay so they kind of made this move that wasn't necessarily super smart for their franchise didn't change their franchise and then they doubled down on the move by then signing him to this ridiculous contract that he was never going to be able to actually fulfill in terms of production like the way that they doubled down that was that was a big mistake but I mean, if you could, if I could go back in time and redo it for them, I wouldn't be drafting Ezekiel Elliott.
1: I would, and then you just trade him once before his uh, contract is up, and you re- you know, you get it back a lot. Of picks like we just saw with Christian McCaffrey, the Panthers got back so many picks. Now they paid him first, and they paid him a little bit, but. They got back so many picks for him. So I think it's still fine to draft these guys early, not top five. And I don't think we're, I don't know if we'll ever see a running back go in the top five again. If B. John Robinson, he is one of the best running back prospects to come out in a really long time. And he's no, one's really talking about him going top five, right? Like top 10 would be like, Whoa, Uh, So I I don't know if we're going to see these guys go that early again, but I did want to get into Tony Pollard here. Cause like Zeke, we have not, they cut him. Zeke hasn't signed anywhere else yet. We don't know where he'll go. We'll discuss that when that happens, but Tony Pollard now owns this backfield. Yes. They signed Ronald Jones. The Cowboys went and sent Ronald Jones, big threat, not worried about that. How high is too high to rank Tony Pollard for Mm. the 2023 season? Because he's a great runner. He's great as a pass catcher. He's, He's going so to get so explosive, so many snaps this year, unless the Cowboys go out and draft Bijan Robinson. That's in the, first the round. thing. That is the thing. Okay, so I just, <laughs> I just
0: talked about how, like, I still think that drafting Zeke, like, and I get it, like, that's Zeke was a a franchise player for them. He was the face of the Dallas Cowboys, and. Jerry Jones enamored like enamored with Ezekiel Elliott like he probably wouldn't take it back but this is what Jerry Jones does like every year I feel like he just kind of falls in love with a flash a spark and then he goes all in and like keep in mind Tony Pollard is playing on the franchise tag so presumably they either need to get this guy in a long-term deal or he's gone next year and they have to start figuring out okay what's our identity now cuz for so long it's been Ezekiel Elliott running the ball grinding it out like you know with with flashes of dak and and all that but i would not be surprised at all if Bijan Robinson is a Dallas Cowboy oh, as goodness. insane as it sounds but you just said if they could do it again they'd probably be drafting Zeke so what's
1: different now because now you get Bijan, and you can probably get What's him different later now than four. You have Tony Pollard sitting there. You don't need Bijan. Tony Pollard is so ex- like Tony Pollard uh fractured his leg. Yeah, at the fine. end of the season. I, I get it. I let's get act it, like well, well. If you know if Bijan ends up going there, we'll discuss that when that happens. But let's act like Tony Pollard owns his backfield for this year. When you're looking at rankings then and like who would you rather have or a 20, twelve running back? Well, not just top 12. I think he's. this is where I'm saying how high is too high because would you rather have uh, Tony Pollard or Nick Chubb? Oh. See, for me, it's Tony Pollard easily. Probably Tony Pollard. Tony Pollard or Kenneth Walker.
0: Oh, Tony Pollard. That one's very close, though.
1: Tony Pollard or Travis Etienne? Tony Pollard. Tony Pollard or Saquon Barkley? Oh, oh, oh. If Um, you're even questioning that, you're pretty much saying that Tony Pollard is going to be ranked as a top five running back for you. You're pretty close to it and it wouldn't be crazy for him to be ranked as a top 5. He will probably be right near that for me. It was too, way too early I mean, for rankings for the season, but Tony Pollard is going to be stupid high for me.
0: I mean, Michelle, every ballsy take that I had last year, it was like Tony Pollard's top 5, Tony Pollard's top 5. I got in trouble at the end of the year trying to say that Tony Pollard was top 5 again and you were like, "No, you don't get you don't get to make that bold prediction again." Because it's no longer bold. I don't really, I don't know if we're as bold as we think we're being right now. Ranking, like, hypothetically ranking Tony Pollard in the top five. He's good. He's so good. He's so explosive. And I, I don't know. My only question is, are the Cowboys going to have some second thoughts about signing yet another running back to another long-term deal? I'm not
1: worried about anything other than 2023.
0: That's, That's fine. all it But is. I think Jerry Jones is going to have his eyes. I'm still, I'm so worried. Like maybe it's not Bijan.
1: Maybe it's Jameer Gibbs, but I, I still. That's fine. I don't think it's only Bijan to be worried about. They can bring in Gibbs and I'm going to be all in on Pollard okay. this year. All right. Moving on. We need to start talking about some wide receivers here. Get off the running backs. We had some big, I mean, semi big trades this week with wide receivers. Ironically, kind of little wide
0: receivers. Big
1: trades, little receivers. (laughs) Brandon Cooks goes from the Texans to the Cowboys. And Elijah Moore goes from the Jets to the Browns. Now, Elijah Moore getting, you know, talking about Elijah Moore, that's all projection, right? His rookie season during preseason, I mean, he lit up. The pre like everything with training camp, everything with preseason people just could not stop talking about this man. We thought he was going to be the next star and through two NFL seasons has done pretty much absolutely nothing
0: to be fair. Anytime he had somebody not named Zach Wilson throwing him the ball. He looked like Elijah Moore from Ole Miss. Like you and I were obsessed with him. We were obsessed with his hands. I thought he had the best hands of the class again, was, like, a little undersized compared to all these superstars in the same draft class, but like, the dude was just a really good wide receiver. I don't know if you remember A.J. Brown bursting into tears when he was drafted. Like, giving you all the feels like oh no that just gave me
1: secondhand embarrassment I, like, no imagine.
0: no it gave me feels because i'm like man this guy believes in elijah moore he this- did
1: but it was just too overplayed it yeah. was too much it was too much but now so this is the issue he goes to the browns it's very clear if you've been listening to us we are not a supporter of deshaun watson And now, if Elijah Moore, if we like, if he's going to be good, Deshaun Watson's going to have to be good. And Watson, back in his Texans days, was a really good deep ball passer, like, or just, I mean, he's just a really good quarterback, right? So he's going to be able to hit Elijah Moore deep. He's going to be able to hit him in stride. He's going to be able to hit him open with accuracy if he's, you know, the Deshaun Watson of his old days and not the new ruined Deshaun Watson. But are we going to be in Elijah Moore again? Like, are we possibly going to allow ourselves to say he's another decent pick late again? Like, are we really going to talk ourselves into this?
0: Probably. (laughs) Like, I'm not even going to try to pretend not, but like how very, when you're giving your most modest projections for 2023, you're in a redraft league right now where would you be drafting him? Because I have no idea. Oh, I have
1: no idea. I wouldn't want to take him before it got late, like 10th round.
0: Okay.
1: I, and see, I don't
0: think it, with he would be Deshaun a, Watson throwing in the ball. He's
1: flyer pick. I mean, Amari Cooper is still the clear-cut wide receiver one on the team. We don't know if Deshaun Watson will get, ever be as good as he used to be.
0: I agree, but I don't think there's a chance he makes it past the 10th round knowing – as everybody does that, like presumably he got an upgrade at quarterback with Deshaun Watson. Like, I just don't think he falls there. I wouldn't be surprised if he's overdrafted disappoints again. And then maybe once we've all given up on him in like 2025, he is this miraculous breakout, (laughs) like,
1: I do think this is better for him than staying with the Jets though. With everyone they're bringing in, with Garrett Wilson really taking over as that wide receiver one, with Aaron Rodgers who's, you know, expected to be the quarterback this year, he's so moody and he either likes you or doesn't. Like I could see him and Elijah Moore like not getting along so I think this is better for him when it comes to <laughs> if he has a, If he has a if he has a chance for his career to be anything. To change teams, I wish it was with any other team because I just don't want to root for him to do well with the Browns or with Here's Watson, thing. but I do still love me some Elijah Moore, and I don't know if I'll ever get over it. Like, uh, my beef with, like, this landing spot for
0: Elijah Moore, he's disgruntled right now. And I don't feel like the Browns are a organization that I would trust to ungruntle. Ungruntle? <laughs> To degruntle, <laughs> what's the what's the process of ungruntling? I don't know what that is, but the Browns are not an organization that just eek good vibes. They're not a good vibes yeah. organization. I feel like Elijah Moore needs some good vibes, and I don't think he's gonna get him in Cleveland. No, I love the city. I love
1: the city. I of do Cleveland. love the city of Cleveland. It's a great city. I will say. If Elijah Moore doesn't do anything this year, shows nothing. Like we got we gotta move on. We're probably already too late. We probably already should move, be moving on. But Brandon Cooks, on the other hand, has been a great wide receiver his whole career. Has been on one gazillion teams and now is on his one gazillionth and one team. But I, I like this for the Cowboys. I, I don't know if I love this for Brandon Cooks for fantasy because he go you know, he's had a lot of chances as a wide receiver one on teams, and that's kind of where he shines, is where he gets a lot of targets like do I think he will be good in the Cowboys offense so I think this makes Dak better do I think this possibly even helps CeeDee Lamb yes uh but with Brandon Cooks like is Dak Prescott going to be able to support a top tier wide receiver one and CeeDee Lamb and make Brandon Cooks a wide receiver two for fantasy even if it's like a low-end wide receiver two but someone that you could start on the regular
0: I mean like we saw Dalton Schultz get a, a really nice target share. We saw, uh, you know, we saw plenty, I think from the passing game last year from Dak Prescott. My question is like, again, are people going to be overdrafting Brandon cooks? Because now he's in a better offense, better situation. I won't be touching Better him. Quarterback.
1: If he, goes, if he goes before the eighth round, I'm not, I won't have him.
0: Like he's, a fantastic wide receiver. I think this is such a big win for the Cowboys. But like in terms of what he offers you from like a fantasy perspective, one top 12 performance in 13 active games in 2022, he's just been a very unstable asset. Like not somebody that you can rely on for like a safe 10 points. He either wins you a week or he loses you a week. And like is that going to continue in Dallas where... I think it'll
1: even get worse in Dallas cuz yeah. yeah, I do think they'll he'll connect with Dak on some big plays I just don't think he's going to see a ton of targets now Dalton Schultz is gone he's now with the Texans so there are targets to go around it also depends on if Michael Gallup takes that step forward after re- you know returning for the year from his ACL uh, you know is there is there enough to go around the CeeDee Lamb to Brandon Cooks and to Michael Gallup, who's a really good wide receiver as well. Or, or on the other hand, does this then hurt C.D. Lamb? Where C.D. Lamb got so many targets last year because he was pretty much the only wide receiver there that was healthy. D- does Brandon Cooks coming in actually hurt C.D. Lamb? And a lot of the targets goes to Cooks. I-, I think the opposite, though. I just think things open up more for Lamb.
0: I, I tend to agree. I do think the biggest winner here is Dak Prescott, who yeah. has been, I think, kind of an unsung and underappreciated hero from fantasy from a fantasy standpoint. Like, return from injury last last year after, what was it, a broken thumb? Like, it wasn't a good – was not a good situation at all. In his return, averaged over 20 fantasy points per game, uh, was a top-12 quarterback in over half his games. Like, he was – really solid, like super reliable Um, up until week 17. Like he, he was just reliable. And now we add in that element of speed that this offense didn't necessarily have. I do think Brandon cooks is the best wide receiver to Dak Prescott's probably had. Um, would you agree? Do you think Brandon cooks is a, a leg up on Michael Gallup?
1: Well, there. I mean, in 2019 and 2020, had had Amari Cooper, Cooper and CeeDee yep. Lamb. So the, That's fair. that was a good duo. And I will say in 2019, Amari Cooper was the wide receiver 15 in points per game and Michael Gallup was the wide receiver 18. So we have seen Dak support two wide receivers in fantasy. It's just like wide receiver 15 and wide receiver 18 isn't necessarily what we're hoping for with CeeDee Lamb. We want him to be way higher. So is there then room for – uh, Brandon Cooks to still be in that teen range. I'm not sure. I'm not well, I'm not going to probably have much Brandon Cooks no in my but fantasy I, rosters this year.
0: Michelle, you brought up 2019. But I will have a ton of Dak. I will have a ton of Dak. Uh, you mentioned 2019. I forgot about that that crossover moment between um, CeeDee Lamb and Amari Cooper. 2019 Dak Prescott was the quarterback two.
1: Yeah. Quarterback two. It's pretty nice. Pretty nice. Now This week, there's been some rumors. DeAndre Mm. Hopkins, could that be the next wide receiver trade? After seeing the compensation that these wide receivers are going for, teams should be trading for DeAndre Hopkins. I don't care. His contract's not even that crazy. Like, it's really not. So a team that needs a wide receiver one, they should be out there. Trade that third, fourth, or even, like, who knows what the trade compensation is going to be, but I don't think you're going to have to trade much more than a third-round pick to get DeAndre Hopkins Just do it. If you're in a desperate need for a wide receiver one, uh, there's a lot of teams he makes sense for, but what would be like, where do you think he'll go? And what, what would be your desired spot when it comes to fantasy?
0: Well, first I want to say the rumor mill has been insane. He is rumored to be going to every single NFL team. Essentially, uh, Sal Capaccio, I believe you say his name, uh, shared a screen recorded video of, deandre hopkins instagram earlier uh this is recorded wednesday uh of him posting this video of a picture of him uh with the lyrics of bob marley buffalo soldier and there was like text on the screen buffalo soldier so everybody's like okay so he's maybe he's going to buffalo um dov Kleiman says the chiefs are interested ben albright says uh the the teams are the Patriots, the Giants, the Titans, the Falcons, which Falcons seem totally out of left field, but I want to see him go to a team where he's the clear number one. I'm kind of feeling the Chiefs.
1: I like if they can make that work. Oh, you act like that. It's like a bold statement. You're feeling him going to play with Patrick Mahomes as the wide receiver (laughs) one. Wow. No, crazy. I
0: think like logistically, it makes sense. Like they're more than willing to give up the draft capital they didn't get to re-sign Juju. They didn't re-sign Nicole Hardman. Like, they do – they have very much a need at wide receiver. And if I'm DeAndre Hopkins, I'm going to the
1: well, Cardinals yeah. and
0: I'm saying, get this done. I want to win – I want to win my Super Bowl before I have to retire. He's 30 years old. Like –
1: he Personally, would be I don't think the NFL should allow it because it's not fair. And oh would, my god, it would, it would not be fair. Patrick for- Mahomes
0: oh. had Tyreek Hill. Like I, I get it. I totally get it. different skill set, but I. They not- just won a
1: Super Bowl with no good wide receivers, so I don't like. I don't know why they haven't already done it. Honestly, like, this makes way too much sense for the Chiefs to so just go get DeAndre Hopkins. They only have ten
0: million in cap space, so they do. I like. They would I'll have to do some out. restructuring. Like, figure it out. The cap is a myth. Just go get DeAndre Hopkins, but
1: I don't, I don't even want, no, I don't want that because it's just not fair to the rest of the league. I was about it. I was thinking more about the Patriots who I do think that would help Mac Jones massively. You need to see what you have in Mac Jones. Is he the player from his rookie season that showed a, a, you know, a lot of hope, like, okay, we can build around this guy or like last year was such a disappointment. We had, no weapons at wide receiver. He had no offensive play callers because they had defensive coaches calling offense. Now they actually have an OC. They brought in Juju, but that's not, Juju's not a wide receiver one. You need to still bring in a true wide receiver one. That's Deandre Hopkins. He could really help Mac Jones take that next step. Or if he doesn't, then you say, okay, Mac Jones, isn't that dude. We need to find a new quarterback. I I think this makes a ton of ton of sense for the Patriots. And also Mac Jones is, Definitely accurate enough and could hit Hopkins over and over and over again. Just pepper him with targets. So I still think he'd be really good for fantasy. Just maybe his touchdowns would be down. I don't know. He would make me a little bit nervous, but I think that's still a nice spot for him. What about the Chargers?
0: They have the 12th most cap space right now. You've got an aging Keenan Allen. You've got Mike Williams, who hasn't been like able to stay totally healthy, I'd be. Nah. Way, I man. mean, unless
1: you're going to trade Keenan Allen away or unless you're
0: going to trade Austin Eckler away, who's been a huge asset in the receiving game. And I'm not at all saying that DeAndre Hopkins is Austin Eckler, but I'm saying you take away one really big element of your passing game and maybe you get him DeAndre Hopkins.
1: That would be how, really fun. I don't know how offense looks with DeAndre Hopkins, Keenan Allen, and Mike Williams. I don't guess don't worry about it. Yeah, but uh, also
0: they'll my, figure it out. Mike
1: Williams and Keenan Allen are both also making twenty million dollars a year, and then DeAndre Hopkins, wherever he goes, is expected to get a like a restructured deal, which you, you you know he's expecting more money than he's making now. I just I don't see how that works. I can see the Chiefs, and I can see the Patriots, and I'm hoping it's the Patriots because. It's not fair if it's the Chiefs. That's how that's how I feel as a Steelers fan. All right, moving on. We had uh, we had some fun uh, news today, kind of about the draft. It was Ohio State's pro day. Ooh, ooh. We got CJ Stroud participating, making some bomb throws. You know, the Panthers' representatives being there, and they're just being obsessed with him at the number one overall pick. Yeah, they are. Josh McCown being like, "Let's
0: hang out all the time." Yeah, once when when you move here, do you want to hang out sometime?
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, so we'll see if CJ Stroud ends up being the number one pick. But his wide receiver for Ohio State, Jackson Jackson Smith Najigba, he is both of our wide receiver one in this class. Mm-hmm. And the biggest worry with him is maybe he doesn't have enough speed to be a true outside wide receiver threat. Like maybe he's just a slot guy. But today at the pro day, he ran his. Forty yard dash, and the reports coming out said he ran somewhere in between the four four eight and four five two, which is a really good time for him, and I think really established him as probably the first wide receiver off the board in the draft. If not, he's still going to go like top 20 at least in this draft because he had a really nice combine performance the only thing he didn't do was the 40 but he he showed really nice agility at the combine and then the speed just really solidifies here like yeah i am i'm plenty capable enough like i have the athleticism enough to be a good wide receiver in this league and he's the all-around wide receiver he's a good route runner he has good hands he's got size which not a lot of wide receivers in this class like there was
0: no question for me uh, I put out an article for my team at the gaming society saying that before Jackson Smith and Jigba participates in the NFL combine, go bet on him to be the first wide receiver drafted. Uh, I think when I put out that article, he had the fourth best odds to be the first wide receiver off the board. And I said, sl- he's he yeah. skyrocketed. Now he is the odds favorite to be the first wide receiver drafted. And it is because he had such a great performance. He, he fits the profile of a number one wide receiver. And I mean, he was performing at Ohio state with Chris Alave, Garrett Wilson. Like he was, he was outperforming first round picks. He was outperforming last year's offensive rookie of the year. And
1: arguably, uh, you know, a guy who should have been the runner up, like, He's the real deal. In 2021, with Ohio State, that's when all three of them played together: Jackson Smith, the Jigba, Garrett Wilson, and Chris Olave. It was Smith, the Jigba, that had 1600 receiving yards and led that team. Garrett Wilson was at 1058, and Chris Olave was at 936. So it's not even just he led them; he actually destroyed them in receiving yards and led that team and also i tweeted this out but for those of you who don't follow me on twitter or didn't see it for those
0: of you not following michelle on twitter what are you doing (laughs) go do that
1: there have only been five wide receivers to play for a power five conference or power five school and have 1600 receiving yards in a season over the last 10 years and that was jamar chase devonta smith brandon cooks amari cooper and Jackson Smith in the jig, but like, this is a nice group to be in. Like that's a really safety net there when you're talking about like how good this can, can this guy be? How safe can he be? I, this is a rookie that I want to take in fantasy dress. A lot of rookies can be nerve wracking. You know, they don't always, a lot of them don't hit right. Or you have to wait for them, but this is a guy depending on landing spot. But I really want to take a chance on him because I think this It seems like every year there's at least one or two rookie wide receivers that help you win your fantasy leagues, and I think this is one of them. And then in dynasty rookie drafts, he's my top wide receiver. Yeah,
0: undoubtedly. But I do think that we're in sort of like this new era where wide receivers are stepping into the NFL and they're immediately productive. These wide receivers coming out of OSU, they've all been productive. Like this has been a really good – um, this has been a really good position coming out of Ohio state and, and just- I,
1: I brought up landing spot, but does it really matter? Because no. we thought we thought Garrett Wilson's landing spot, like we didn't know. And then the quarterbacks could not have been worse this year. And guess what? He was rookie of the year and he was very, you know, viable for fantasy this year when AJ Brown went to the Titans, everyone was like, Oh no, now we have to drop him so far. And guess what? He was pretty freaking amazing. So like sometimes bad landing spots means you're going to be the wide receiver one and they need you to, you know, they need you to contribute right away. You're going to get a lot of targets. So what is his best realistic landing spot in this draft to you? I want to see him go to the Texans.
0: I think you can write it in ink or whatever you're, Um, chosen, like, utensil is. And he's going number 12 to the Houston Texans. That is my prediction. Do you think they get C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young at number two? I don't think it matters. I think both of these guys – Well, it does
1: kind of matter because if it's Stroud, then Jackson smith the Jingle matches him so well because they get each other.
0: They have the connection, yes. But, like, also Bryce Young, if he goes to this offense, like, oh, what a nice consolation prize for the Texans at two. Like – yeah. You can't really go wrong here. And I just think, like, with the the trade, they've traded away Brandon Cooks. They have they almost, John Mechie, who, like, he's recovering from cancer. We don't really have an update on what his status will be this year, if he has
1: any status in the league. They almost have to go wide receiver at 12. Like, you know they're taking a quarterback at two. They have no one to throw to. I mean, Dalton Schultz is their top receiver right now they're just gonna carbon copy Dalton Schultz and
0: just have him play every yeah. position but like, I
1: also like again if the Patriots don't go trade for DeAndre Hopkins they still need a wide receiver one. Now I don't expect Jackson. Man, Smith, the Texans the should trade for Deandre Hopkins.
0: That would be so smart.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I was thinking that. Yeah. Like, like can like, we get a Jersey swap? What not, would that look like? It's not the same GM or coach. Like maybe Hopkins isn't mad at them. Still, like, let's, <laughs> let's get this down. But now there's, uh, there's a lot of good options here for the draft class. I'm just excited to see where these wide receivers land, especially, um, where can we just call him JSN? Because I don't feel like saying his name every time.
0: Yeah. Um, but again, book it in ink. Number 12, Houston Texans and he is I think so far and away like he's I think the safest wide receiver in this class and I also think he has the highest upside I know people are really enamored with Quentin Johnston but like he's he's a big um athletic guy but I think JSN is like the clear wide receiver one and just in terms of the most well-rounded product and like, let's be honest, I don't think the Texans really need, for the kind of offense they're running, like the the big flashy guy, I think they need reliability, and they need it now. And yeah. I think JSN is the perfect guy for that.
1: JSN can be like a Stephon Dix, I think. And okay, they can so really help out.
0: if he doesn't go to the Texans, which he will, where would you like to see him land?
1: Well, I, I said the Patriots, and that's – I want a wide receiver one for the Patriots, so that's where I'd want him to go. Moving forward with the wide receiver conversation, quite a few fantasy relevant and some really top tier wide receivers got new quarterbacks over this last week. And yeah, I mean, that's kind of the feeling. It's like, oh man, I don't know if I can trust these guys with these quarterbacks. So Jacoby Brissett signs with the Commanders and Baker Mayfield signs with the Buccaneers. Let's first start off with Brissett signing with the Commanders. I think this signing means Sam Howell the rookie from last year that they drafted in the fifth round is going to get a legit chance to start. It doesn't mean he will start. It doesn't mean he will beat Jacoby Brissett out in training camp, but I think these are the two quarterbacks they're going into. And if Sam Howell is meant to be a starting quarterback, he will beat out Jacoby Brissett. I think the commanders want that. I think that's their goal is that Sam Howell starts, but he needs to still prove himself and he can't just go in with no competition but I think Sam Howell is going to get every single chance to start the season. And what does that – does that make you nervous about Terry McLaurin and Johan Dotson? I mean, they've only played one game with him so far. Sam Howell started the last week of the season. looked really solid. I mean, we really like Sam Howell. This is a guy we really like coming out of school. They both had over 70 receiving yards with Sam Howell in that game, but each only had three receptions as well. So – such a tiny sample size his first start ever really can't tell us anything you 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 talk to me about this
0: I don't know I I don't know like I really I I'm I think more conflicted about this signing than you are so my concern with them signing Jacoby Brissett is that Jacoby Brissett's like really safe like you know the ceiling's not there
1: yeah, but, but I don't think they go from Carson Wentz to Jacoby Brissett. I think they had that last year. And no, I, I don't a think-
0: Jacoby Brissett is, I think, much safer than Carson Wentz. Do you not?
1: No, Brissett's not good. Like, I get he was better than we expected with the Browns. And, like, the Browns, they didn't even win games, actually. But, it, you know, he had a couple nice comeback. I don't even know. Like, 12 touchdowns and 6 interceptions, 89 pass running. Like, I feel 64 completion percentage. These are not... Great numbers. It's really not for. I, I feel like people are way over exaggerating what Jacoby Brissett did with the Browns this year. But they were but good it, enough. Because, That's the thing. You know, they you know good what, enough. You know what happened? He made Amari Cooper a pretty solid fantasy wide receiver. And people are like, Jacoby Brissett's good. He's good. No, he I'm wasn't, not saying he's he wasn't good. good enough. He won three out of 13 games or something like that. I'm saying he, or three like, of 11. he's
0: good enough. Like in the way that. Uh, so he's not as good at as like a Derek Carr. I think Derek Carr is like the top of this tier of player, but the kind of guy that's he's, he's good enough to keep getting opportunities and he's good enough to feel better about like if Sam Howell gets off to a terrible start, like, yeah, sure. Yeah, but, why but not? Don't, but
1: don't you feel like the signing means that the commanders want Sam Howell. To well, yeah. they If they're not being aggressive, like Lamar Jackson's on the market, like,
0: you could easily make the move, and I think it would be well worth the investment for this team who has not had stability at the quarterback position since Alex Smith. Like, yeah, go and go and get your franchise guy. So, like, if you think Sam Howe could be that guy, and again, we really liked Sam Howe. Like, we think there's a lot of potential there. There was talk of him going in the first round. It, like, every single quarterback except Kenny Pickett got – Pushed down the board. And last if year? I was
1: the GM picking at pick 20 and I had to pick a quarterback, I would have picked Sam Hill. Over same. A hundred percent. You know, shockingly surprised me last year at the end of last year. I mean, it started off very poorly for a while, but he had some shining moments. I'll say more, more higher ceiling moments than I thought I was going to see at a kind of picket. So right now I'm fine as a Steelers fan. Kenny Pickett, I'm going to give him a shot. But if I had the chance to pick a guy last year, I would have picked Sam Hall. And I think his first start, he showed a lot of signs that he can be good in this league. It's still a far leap, right? Like him actually being good as a full-time starter and starting the season. Like it's very unlikely. He's great in that. Terry McLaurin is already kind of that guy who's like mid-tier wide receiver. It's like you never feel great as him as like you definitely don't want him as your wide receiver one no. starting every week. Wide receiver two's decent. It's solid, but he's not like it's not like oh I'm dying to have Terry McLaurin now with Sam Howell is it better or I mean I guess he's been playing with guys like Taylor Heineke and um, I don't know a lot of that's the thing I think Terry McLaurin's
0: he's already he's already been doing it with these mid mid quarterbacks, like it I don't, Sam
1: Howell does have higher it's upside just, than all the guys. He's oh,
0: I, I agree. And I, I think like from a, a standpoint of, you know, just wanting something, you know, like some upside for your franchise, like Sam, Howe, I think he offers you some upside as a passer. We saw he's, he's plenty mobile. Like he can offer even something in the run game. like, he can do a lot of different things for your franchise and it like almost reminiscent of like how a, um, oh my gosh, what uh, like a Taylor Heineke was surprisingly mobile and was able to extend plays and, and create plays with his legs. But like Terry McLaurin survived that. And I think that, I don't know, Sam Howe could be a similar
1: sort of dynamic there. Jahan Dotson, he was a rookie last year, and he started off the season hot because he was scoring so many touchdowns. It was like touchdown after touchdown after touchdown. That then, Which got, is weird because, like, Carson Wentz sucked. Yeah, and then he got injured, and he didn't come back for a long time. I think it was a hamstring, and that lasted for quite a while. And once he got back, he didn't really do much of anything. He would be a guy that maybe you talk yourself into for a second-year player, but – is it too much of a risk to take a shot on a guy who's a second year player who didn't show a whole lot in his rookie season besides those early touchdowns with a guy like Sam Howell? Is that just kind of like a situation you're going to stay away from? Would you rather take a shot on a guy like Traylon Burks or with John, Johan Dotson, both second year wide receivers?
0: I mean, neither of them at this
1: point. Oh, I'm really excited like, about uh, no, Traylon saying, Burks. No, I, I,
0: you didn't let me finish my okay. sentence. Neither of them at this point have that sort oh. of QB one.
1: Okay. So Ryan Tannehill is a – I really like Sam Howell. I have high expectations for him. But Ryan Tannehill is a legit, solid veteran NFL quarterback with experience. If he plays to his previous capabilities. Like,
0: we've seen good Ryan Tannehill. We've seen bad Ryan Tannehill. It depends on which one you're going to get. If they trade away Derrick Henry – I don't necessarily like Derrick Henry, I think well, provided they can't trade him
1: away. They can't trade Derrick Henry away
0: unless they plan to just draft
1: Bijan, which is just, I don't know.
0: Again, crazier things have happened, but no, I, w- I would much prefer to take the opportunity or the, the chance on Traylon on Berg's. He is the team's wide receiver one. He was drafted that early for a reason. They traded away. A.J. Brown. Like he is athletic. I love the playmaking ability after the catch. He's so tough after the catch. He showed
1: more impressive plays last year to me than Johan Johnson, just catching some touchdowns. Let's move on though, because I think this is the bigger story when it comes to the wide receivers because Terry McLaurin, Johan Johnson, sure. Like that might be a headache, but these two guys, these two guys with Baker Mayfield, so Baker Mayfield now signs for the Buccaneers. So, Pretty much at this moment, it's Baker Mayfield versus Kyle Trask. I fully expect Baker Mayfield to be the starter for this team, unless you know maybe Will Levis or Anthony Richardson starts to fall in this draft and the the Buccaneers trade up, or even one falls in their lap and they take a rookie and maybe they beat out Baker. But I'm fully expecting Baker to start week one for the Buccaneers. What does that do for Chris Godwin and Mike Evans? Because these are two guys that are typically – Ranked very high in fantasy. Chris Godwin has been absolutely electric in PBR leagues. Mike Evans had a very difficult year this past year. Really disappointing until the last year of the season, or last game of the season. I
0: think I have a curse, by the way, Michelle. So I don't know if you remember. Um, last year, Mike Evans was my wide receiver one Yeah, heading into the season. Do you remember who it was the year prior? Yeah, Calvin Ridley. Calvin Ridley. Like, Nobody draft Kate's wide receiver one. No, no, I'm not <laughs> drafting my wide receiver one, like not working, but holy crap. I am so far out on both Your of Your wide these receiver receivers. one this year
1: was Justin Jefferson, but you did have Mike Evans really high.
0: Yeah, it, I'm stressed about it, but like, I just needed to get that off my chest, but uh, yeah, I'm like running away from both of these wide receivers. But
1: are you with Chris Godwin? Because... I feel like Jarvis Landry, he had some good moments with Baker. and Baker He was knew the how to, best
0: wide receiver for Baker Mayfield by far.
1: And he knew how to feed him. And But the whole thing was with DJ Moore. DJ Moore did nothing with Baker. Now, was that the Panthers organization being absolutely terrible? But it seemed like when Sam Darnold came in, he could hit DJ Moore. So... I don't know. We're obviously big fans of Baker Mayfield. For those of you who don't know, we do have a dog named Baker. And he is named after Baker Mayfield. We're- I know.
0: And he's sitting here in this room no. probably like, why are you saying my name over and over and over? He yeah. looks so confused.
1: I will say we, we named him uh, shortly after Baker started his career. So <gasps> when we still, we're hope. also
0: the jinx for Baker. I'm the yeah. jinx for Mike Evans, Calvin Ridley, Baker Mayfield. No, we had
1: the 2019 season with Baker, and he did support two thousand yard wide receivers. This seems so long ago at this time, but Jarvis Landry had 1174 yards. Odell Beckham had 1035 yards. This ten, was in 2019. Ten together. receiving
0: touchdowns between them. Yeah, ten receiving not
1: touchdowns. Not great, but it is wild to me. That Baker, just in 2019, supported two 1,000-yard wide receivers in the same season. Now, the third guy on the team had just 285 receiving yards. So everything went to Jarvis Landry and Odell Beckham and to nobody else. Do we see that with Mike Evans and Chris Godwin? I would feel better about taking Chris Godwin than Mike Evans. I, I think he can hit Chris Godwin with the slants, feed him a ton. Baker does throw a good deep ball, though, so maybe hits Mike Evans deep. Yeah, I feel like here's the thing. I probably am staying away, but Chris, you know, if Chris Godwin starts to fall too far because people are scared off of because of Baker Mayfield, I do think Chris Godwin in PPR leagues is going to be just fine. I really do. I still think he's a top 15 guy. I'll have him ranked top 12 to 15. If he starts falling past that range, I'm okay taking him. Okay, here's the thing.
0: Baker Mayfield is really good at throwing to players that he shouldn't be good at throwing <laughs> to. Like, so looking up his stats, like his most uh, efficient players that he threw to, it was like Rashad Perryman, Rashad Higgins, like, uh, I, I can't even remember what tight end. It, like, the most bizarre list of names he was really good at throwing the ball to, like, super efficient. Um, where's Brashad Perryman? Is he, um, he was with the Buccaneers. Can he like, (laughs) like I'm telling you right now, uh, I don't think he is with the Buccaneers. I'm trying to find this information right now, but if Brashad Perryman is a free agent. Okay. Well, the Bucs need to sign him ASAP. And then
1: boom, sleeper wide receiver. He was in the with books. the Buccaneers in 2022 and 2021. So just bring him back.
0: Bring him back. Like, I, I think that this is just going to be my sleeper wide receiver for the year <laughs> and I'm done. But like Baker Mayfield, he's, he's good at working over like the middle of the field. Like he's good at finding these big bodied tight ends. The Bucs don't really have that like when Baker Mayfield had, had his best season as a passer, he was also in a really good offense. I don't think this is – that's not the Bucks' offense right now. Like, What do you mean that Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. It's – like, they have good players,
1: but, like, do this you really think far... this is a
0: great offensive scheme? Like, if well, we don't he know. were playing a new, under –
1: It's a new offensive coordinator, so we don't know. If he were
0: playing under Bruce Arians, I would probably feel a little bit better.
1: Yeah, yeah well, we'll have to see what this offense looks like. I, I don't expect – big things from Baker, but I, I I'll still believe in Chris Gov and Mike Evans. I'll probably be fading just because, I mean, Mike Evans, the only reason he's been good the last few years with Tom Brady was because the touchdowns, it's not like he was killing it in the receiving game whatsoever, or getting a ton of receptions or a ton of receiving yards. No, he was scoring touchdowns nonstop. That's not going to happen with Baker. It's just not like it did with Tom. And when we saw those touchdowns even go away this last year, so It's way too inconsistent with Mike Evans. I'm not trusting that with Baker, who's already super inconsistent as a passer. But again, Chris Godwin should be fine. Moving on to our last topic of today's episode, we cannot forget about the tight ends. Yes, we have to talk about them, even though they rarely do anything for fantasy. But we have to figure out another, you know, some guys to pick besides Travis Kelsey. Can't be just Travis Kelsey. So lots of movement over the last two weeks. We had Darren Waller be traded to the Giants. Austin Hooper signed with the Raiders. So taking Darren Waller's spot. Interesting. We got Dalton Schultz to the Texans, which I completely missed that signing. And that I really thought the Cowboys would be bringing him back. So that was a shocker to me. And then Mike Kosicki to the Patriots. Why? I don't, I don't know. I, I do not know. I can't explain that. But let's start with Waller to the Giants. It, it feels meh. It's like, ah, like, kid, like he's going to play with Daniel Jones. Is it really going to be great for him? But he has a legit chance to be the top target with the Giants. And that's what you're looking for in a tight end who can be great for fantasy. It's like, does he have an opportunity to be the number one or number two for his team? And Darren Waller clearly has that opportunity at this moment for the Giants. Yeah, I'm
0: not going to at all be surprised if he leads this team in targets, receptions, receiving yards, receiving touchdowns. Like, they effectively went out. Like, I think this was kind of a brilliant move by them. Like, this has been a really barren uh, free agency class for the wide receiver position. Uh, Not a lot of fantastic wide receivers in this draft. Great. You don't need one. Go out and get Darren Waller, who can do a little bit of both. Like... Brilliant signing. I would have loved even more if they doubled down on the tight end thing and just went and got Mike Gesicki, who's another giant glorified wide receiver. Like, I wish the Giants went all in on this. And you know what? I like. I'm gonna be a GM now, and I'm gonna have a team exclusively of giant tight ends who primarily function as receivers. Mm-hmm. Because, like, let's be honest, they make a lot less money than wide receivers i'm gonna have so much cap space to go out and sign lamar jackson like i i just built my world uh, my my championship franchise Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. i just won the super bowl
1: unless you have patrick mahomes you're not winning anything with just uh tight ends and no especially
0: not after they trade for deandre hopkins yeah
1: uh no i i i do like this and i think darren waller as long as he can stay healthy He's going to be very good for the- like Daniel Bellinger had as a rookie tight end last year, rookies do nothing. And he wasn't like this high hyped up rookie coming out of school. He had some solid games for the giants with Daniel Jones when they desperately needed some pass catchers, like Daniel Jones used him because he needed to. And then he like broke his eye soccer or something crazy. And it was kind of oh, over for him at that gross. point. Cause that's disgusting. But it stinks because I was kind of hoping Daniel Bellinger would get a second year breakout and he could be a super late pick, but Darren Waller could easily be a top three fantasy or tight end next year. And I don't think that's a bold take at all. He just has to stay healthy and he hasn't been able to the last couple of years. So that's something that is a little worrisome. Austin Hooper though, this was your due this year for the time. So this is the thing, right? We were like, I'm always really good being like a year too early. Yeah, you are. But Austin Hooper, So I don't want to talk myself into him because we talked ourselves into him a little bit with the Titans. We're like, well, there's no one to pass to. He has to get receptions. And now he goes to the Raiders. You're like, well, he's taking Darren Waller's role. He should get targets. But at the same time, there's Devontae Adams. He's going to take all the targets. And then you have Jacoby Myers come in. He's going to get a lot of targets. And then you also still have Hunter Renfro. He's going to get a lot of targets. You still have Josh Jacobs, who saw a decent amount of targets this year is there room for Austin Hooper to really do anything? Cause he's not as good as Darren Waller. And like I, I was almost thinking maybe I'll fall back in the Austin Hooper train, but I think I'm completely off.
0: I think the question, um, and Michelle, you, you posed this question in our show doc, will Jimmy Garoppolo lean on, on Darren Waller? I think Jimmy Garoppolo, on Austin Hooper on Austin Hooper. Yeah. What did I say? Darren Waller. Yeah. Um, will Jimmy Garoppolo lean on Austin Hooper? And, like, is his past usage of the tight end indicative of what he's going to do with the Raiders? Maybe. Like, (laughs) I don't – you really don't know. And, like, the tight ends, Josh McDaniels, we saw – They. I mean, the Patriots have been trying to do this thing where they feature the tight end position. They're trying to get – Rob Gronkowski 2.0 Austin Hooper is obviously not Gr- Rob Gronkowski he's not Aaron Hernandez but he's a good receiving tight end Josh McDaniel like that's that's been friendly enough in the offenses that we've seen from Josh McDaniels. so would I at all be surprised if
1: he did have a featured role in this offense. I would be surprised. And then also with these type of tight ends, you need them to score touchdowns because he's not going to be a top two target in this offense. And if he is a second target, like it's not going to be that much. Like it's going to be Devonte Adams. He's going to get, this is most a good of offense, that. but I, I like Jimmy grapple just doesn't throw a lot of touchdowns. He never has even, George Kittle with Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah, he was great, but he didn't score touchdowns like ever. I think his most was six, and I don't even think they were all from Jimmy in a season. And then you look at Austin Hooper. He's like the worst touchdown scorer of all time. Like His highest season was six, and his best season 2019. His other season's two, three, four, four, three, three. So no, I'm not expecting him to score many touchdowns, and I'm not going to just bank on him getting a ton of receptions and receiving yards in this crowded offense. I'm out. I'm completely out.
0: I feel like you're going to talk yourself back into this. You you (laughs) need to stop
1: talking yourself into Austin Hooper. It was a one season thing. No, it was two seasons. It was a one season thing. No, it was
0: two seasons. Um,
1: But if you're pumped about 660 yards and four touchdowns, then yeah, it was two seasons. Here's the thing, though. Like the
0: bar is so low for tight ends. So low. Like the best tight ends in the league uh, last year for fantasy were averaging
1: like eight to 10 fantasy points per game. That's, and I don't think Cooper will do that. Moving on to Dalton Schultz. He goes to the Texans. Mm-mm. His best spot is the Cowboys, right? Like that's mm. where you wanted him to stay. He had a prime opportunities the last two years. He was like a main focal point of this offense. Now he goes to the Texans. I mean, right now he's the only pass catcher
0: until they draft JSN at number 12. Yeah.
1: They have to draft someone. They have to bring people in. Uh, like, they're going to make moves, but Dalton Schultz has a real chance to for his rookie quarterback, whoever it might be, to really lean on him. Like I'm fine with taking a shot in Dalton Schultz again in fantasy because again he should get the targets. Now maybe he doesn't score a lot of touchdowns, just like Austin Hooper won't, but at least I think he'll get more targets. And I think Dalton Schultz is a better player than Austin Hooper. Yeah, I
0: think he's a more well-rounded tight end. Um, he's also just been super freaking safe each of the last three seasons. He has been a tight end one each of the last two seasons a top 10 tight end in full PPR formats. Was the tight end 10 this year despite playing 15 games, didn't even play a full season. Like I think he's shown himself to be super safe, super reliable. Um the ceiling feels high enough, the floor feels super safe. Like not a lot to hate about Dalton Schultz. I think he's a fantastic signing for this organization to like if you want him to be sort of a bridge guy until you get the rest of your like there's probably no tight end that you know in this class especially that I would want to lean on more than Dalton Schultz and again much like Darren Waller wouldn't be surprised if he leads this team in receiving yards until they draft Jackson Smith and Jigba
1: yeah. and then that statement will be amended and then Mike can to the patriots like I, Who just don't cares? I don't care i just don't care they still have hunter henry like we people were excited that johnny smith is the athletic guy was going to the patriots he's going to be used in the gronk roll ah! like no no one's going to be used in the gronk roll with the patriots because no one is rob gronkowski besides rob gronkowski mike is i i do think there's talent there it just it never seems to click I would rather take a shot on Mike Kosicki, like maybe possibly doing something over Austin Hooper, but really? I still want neither. Ew. Yeah. Well, that's how we're going to end today's show with Kate going, ew. That's ew. it. That's it for us today. We will be back next week with all the latest news, discussing the fantasy impact and all that fun stuff. Until then, hit me up on Twitter. I'm Michelle. You can find me at BallBlastEm, BallBlastEM. And I'm Kate. You can follow me at Kate Maju. Bye, y'all.
0: Bye.